Welcome to 501 Crossroads, your show all about nonprofits and the people that make the mission happen. I'm Marjorie Moore, President and CEO of Mind's Eye, and my personal mission is to make nonprofits stronger by identifying and fixing the rubs that so often come up between people and the mission. My fabulous co-host, the nonprofit ninja, Natalie Jablonski, is here. That's right, specializing in helping nonprofits maximize their time, talent, and resources to achieve organizational greatness. Hey, Natalie. Hey, Marjorie. What are you up to today? Well, I don't know, but you know what it is. It's my favorite night. It is. It's time for another Wine on One. Clink. That was a good clink. Oh, that was a good clink. Very proud of us. And it's delish, (laughs) by the way. Thank you for purchasing our wine today. No problem. It was uh, courtesy of uh, Walgreens. Well, not courtesy of them. I bought it there. (laughs) (laughs) I love wine because it gets me to start thinking about all the fabulous things that I get to do while drinking wine. Yes. Which is pretty much Everything everything. that I do? Mm -hmm. Right, right, yeah. yeah. But I also love wine because it makes me think of special events. Yeah. And, you know, this time of year, we're looking at the whole calendar. We're Mm -hmm. trying to figure out all of our events and when they're coming into play. And there's lots of planning taking place this time of year. There is. And actually, I read just today that the majority of galas take place in the end of March. Or no, in March. In March. So I know there's some people that are out there thinking about that right now. Wow. I am out there thinking about it That's right, right. now. That's right. Yours is coming weeks, up, so. and we are so excited yeah. about that. Very excited. So. Neat. Yeah. Well, you know, one of the things that I think, too, when you're thinking about wine and special events is trying to get it all right on the table. Yes. Because you and I have been to some disastrous activities, which oh we would never God. call out other no. people because we appreciate the complimentary tickets. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have looked at each other before and said, oh, they should not do this ever again why did you know why would you pick that over this or why mm-hmm. yeah so I, I know this place has better things yes <laughs> so we thought we'd take this wine on one to share with our audience a couple of tricks of the trade that marjorie and i've learned about special events specifically when it comes to menu planning and table planning because really this is your first and oftentimes your last impression with your guests Uh, And the table can be uh, either a huge success for your event or it can end in disaster. Exactly. And I can tell you from personal experience that if people don't like your food or don't get enough food, that is the only thing that they will remember. And they will tell everybody about the food. Exactly. Either it's good or it's bad. Yes. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. And they'll tell you every detail about it. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, the person they usually will not tell is you. Yeah. So let us help you, help us help you with your, with your venue plan. So (laughs) let's start at the beginning. Uh, Do you do eight tops or 10 tops and do you have a preference? So we usually do 10 tops. And the reason that I I do that most of the time is, well, one, all the venues that I've been at, that's what they have. Okay. Um, Fair enough. So, yeah. And the other thing, the the reason I like that is because it's really easy to do the math on how much a table costs. Well, that's fair. I I like that idea. Now, if you do an eight top and you do multiply it by 10 and charge that for a table, that's great too. So I like that as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I don't have a preference between the 8-top and 10-top, but one of my favorite things I've seen done uh, is when we did 8-tops for everybody mm-hmm. and then our special level sponsors got 10-tops. Oh. Because it made it a little bit ooh-la-la because they got yes. extra spots. You get more people at that Yes, nice. and that was a big deal. And so when you had someone that came and said, could you please just make a quick change just for us and make it a 10-top, we could mm-hmm. say, well, if you'd like to donate at this level, we'd be happy to do that. And it was oh an opportunity for uh, us to have a great conversation about funding. Huh. You're, you're mean. I know. <laughs> I know. But it's all about the cause. It's about the mission, right? That's true. So uh, what about table settings? Uh, do you have a preference on tablecloths or napkins or napkin folding designs or anything like that? So 
I like, uh, so I don't like an intricate napkin design that like once I take it out of its thing, like the whole table's ruined. <laughs> I don't like that. Okay. Um, as far as I, I like, I like it when my linens and my cloths and all that good stuff can match the design of my event. So okay. I really appreciate it when I'm at a venue that has all of that. They're going to rent it anyways and it's part of your charge and they're not charging you extra for purple. Oh, so yeah. shout out to the place that I'm having my event who's not charging me extra for purple. Nice, nice. <laughs> so, so yeah, I like that. Do it's you far- like all the same color napkins or do you like to have alternating napkins or is that not a preference for you? That is not a particular preference for me. So I will admit that I leave most of the decorating to my decorating committee. Well, that's fair. I feel like Delegation that is, is the key a, on those events. Yeah, that's definitely a, a, a piece that I can delegate very well because I feel like I'm. it's not one of my special talents. Well, here are some things that if it's not your special talent, you need to know about napkins. Mm -hmm. One of the things when you're picking your color for your napkin, although it may look really pretty to the decorating committee, you need to think of the clothes that your guests are going to be wearing. Mm. If it's a black tie event, meaning that most of your guests will be wearing black pants, hence the black tie, Mm -hmm. you might not want to use a white napkin. What is that? It's the white white stuff that comes off of the white (gasps) napkin. Is that why they do that? The little fuzzies? Uh Uh-huh. I had no idea. I always wonder, like, when I go to a super fancy restaurant. It's a black napkin. Yeah, they give my date one color and they give me a different color. And uh-huh. I'm like, well, that's very weird. That is why. I need to go to more of those restaurants so now I can either, show off Either my that knowledge. or they like your date better and they gave them the, the better napkin. That could so. be <laughs> <laughs> But that is, that is something to think about. And I'm sure that I just heard several audience members go, oh. Oh, so that's important. You also want to think of the formality of it's a day evening event or an evening mm-hmm. event. Yes. So uh, white uh, works well for both. Um, mm-hmm. But if you do black napkins during the day, um, it's, it suggests a oh, little more weird. formality. Right. Mm-hmm. And because you usually would wear black when you have darker pants on and we think of the men with that case, but mm-hmm. also with the ladies. Right. Um, and so if you're going to choose a color like a purple or a dark purple and you're having other things at night, you'll just kind of mm-hmm. want to make sure that you think through a little bit more on should you alternate napkins, for example, to have a black and a purple if it's a lighter color purple, like a, mm-hmm. like it's Easter color, for example, yeah. Easter purple, because then you don't have to worry about that and someone could switch so they wouldn't get the fuzzies on their lap. And there is your 411 on linens. I had no idea. I had no idea. Whoa. Right? So what about centerpieces? Oh, I, I have pet peeves on centerpieces. Me too. You know, I'm going to tell you my first, my probably the biggest one I have is the centerpieces that are really pretty and they're so gorgeous, but it means that I can't see the person that's sitting directly across from me at all. <laughs> well, if you don't like the person, just Sometimes make sure that's fine. where you position yourself, right? Yeah. But, in you know, maybe... <sighs> Position yourself across from the person that can't eat with a fork properly. There you go, which is a whole nother story. Yeah, we, that's for another show. Absolutely. <laughs> but I, um, I don't mind them if they're tall, like as in they're they're super tall. So they're mm-hmm. four foot tall because that way you can't mm-hmm. you can still see around that person kind of skinny maybe right yeah the problem is when they get too skinny this is my pet peeve mm-hmm. and then i worry so much because i am always the one i don't know if any of our listeners are like this but if there are the odds of me getting a table leg in my chair <laughs> i win like i could go to vegas and bet on that every time <laughs> and be a billionaire uh but uh i'm always worried i'm gonna bump the table and therefore mm. spill my wine that's my really concern see and actually i thought that you thought maybe this was like that really famous restaurant lambert's where they throw the rolls and like you were well, roll thorn at a fancy well, event or well something. if you have an open <laughs> bar be prepared you never know what's gonna happen but i'm always worried i'm gonna bump the table and mm-hmm. uh, then and spill my wine but more importantly now knock over the whole knock thing. over the whole thing and everyone's gonna be like oh, nally she can't you know mm-hmm. hold then her wine glitter everywhere i don't talk to me about glitter um <laughs> so that bothers me uh it also bothers me when people use uh candles mm-hmm. that they know are not going to last through the whole event 
So they're too small. So we know votives last one to two hours. We know our tea lights last one to two hours. Votives last three to six hours, depending on the the quality of the votive. Like you're really you're, and and for those of you who are missing this, Marjorie is giving me a look of bewilderment right now. I'm going to give you a candle lesson off <laughs> off, off the air. Let me tell you, I had I, I mean I knew that like obviously they burn at different rates and things yes. like that, but like it's based. I didn't on, know there were numbers. Attached. Yes, it's based oh. on how uh, how thick it is, both um, in diameter as well as height. Huh. It's also based on what the wax is made of. And so if you mm. and people are getting way more than they bargained for in this episode, but yeah. that's really important as well. <laughs> so if you get and choose a tea light, for example, which is a, typically a one to two hour burner, uh, and you choose a tea light that's not constructed well, in 30 minutes, your tea light will be out. Mm. And now you've got a beautiful table arrangement and one out and then two goes out and then uh, someone ends up blowing them out and someone else is like, why do you have it? And I don't have it. And so use your candles wisely, people. And so few places let you use candles anymore. So this yeah. may not be an issue for most of us. Grab that whole battery thing. It works great. I do people, like those little battery guys. People don't don't mind and you can use them for next year. It, mm-hmm. It's a win-win situation. It's a nice thing. But decorate in threes, please. That The rules mm-hmm. of threes is really important for decorating. So if you're going mm-hmm. to put a candle on and you've decided maybe I should have two candles, please, please don't do two candles. Do three, uh, no matter what your formation is. Uh, you always want to go in odds. Uh, and uh, typically three is better than than your your traditional number. So either one or three or five or seven, that's kind of your your avenue you want to go. Well, I feel like since you know all about a lot of this stuff, you're probably going to be able to tell me about this other thing that just totally bewilders me. Oh, this is put, you're putting me on the spot. What's the charger for other than to look pretty? So I'm going to take a sip of wine, <laughs> and I'm going to blow your mind with some knowledge. The charger is to look pretty, but also to catch your food from getting on the tablecloth. Oh, but they always take it away. I know. Then how how am I supposed to not get it on the tablecloth? There's a whole history on chargers, and I'm sure if I'm wrong, someone will be happy to correct me on our <laughs> Facebook post. Um, and I don't know all the intricate details of it, but one is to look pretty, mm-hmm. uh, but the other one is designed... Uh, to simply catch your food so that if it slips off, it slips on your charger. And then when the charger is removed, your tablecloth is beautiful and clean. Uh-huh. So it keeps uh, people like me who eat like, you know, they grew up on a farm, by the way, <laughs> I did, uh, sure. to look like I was really neat and proper and I had my manners. Well, I love that. Yes. Okay. No, I, no, I'm not so mad at them. Yes. Okay. And so, and chargers are great. Um, and you can use chargers all sorts of ways too. Again, going back to that cool sponsorship thing, mm-hmm. you could only put chargers if you want on the sponsored tables, make those oh. a little more special. You can use different colored chargers on the sponsors mm-hmm. table, gold, silver, that sort of thing, mm-hmm. uh, to insinuate that. And it will visually stand out to people. Um, and same with the centerpieces. I've seen mm-hmm. elevated centerpieces mm-hmm. or specialty centerpieces on the sponsored table. So there's all sorts of creative things you can do to make those people stand out and just with the littlest detail and it doesn't cost you any more money. I love it. So can we talk about the thing that I actually care about? Uh, the food? Yeah, the food. Okay. Can we talk about the food? We can totally talk about the food. So oh, okay. let's go, let's start with the, uh, the first off, do you like appetizers past? Do you like them set down or do you think appetizers are a waste of financial resources and people just want to drink? No, I think you should always have app- if you have food, if you have drinks, you you need to have food. Like okay. that is a, a hard and fast rule of mine because um, vomiting guests are not happy guests. No, no, <laughs> they are they are not. Although they can be very entertaining at midnight. Yes, yes there is, but yeah, I think that. So I, I like I like appetizers going both ways. I think that um, if you're going to be doing like a heavy hors d'oeuvre that where you're kind of expecting this to be somebody's kind of almost meal, but you're not paying for an almost meal, uh-huh. then you know. I think that uh, setting it out is the way to go. Stations. I think if you're going to serve a full meal later, I think 
passes the way to go because then people aren't just like grazing yeah eating yeah. All, all the food and then they're full and all that and you've paid for like double the food so well and appetizers are designed to make you more hungry right yes that's, that's the whole point mm-hmm. but appetizers are also meant to wet your appetizer which means my big pet peeve on appetizers is they have to be able to be eaten in one or maximum of two bites Yes. There is nothing more embarrassing than taking a bite of something and having it dribble down or trying to figure out, oh, do I need a fork now to eat mm-hmm. this? Or now my fingers are dirty because they gave me a chicken wing and I have on a sequin dress. And Exactly. And you can't wipe on that? Well, I mean, I can't, but it is not recommended. <laughs> uh, the dry cleaners gets very upset with me. Uh, so that's a big piece when you're picking out those appetizer selections. Are they sitting right. or are they standing? Mm-hmm. And if so, making sure that you've got portion control accordingly. It's just a horror story of mine. I, my event is always a Mardi Gras event, and so we have a lot of New Orleans themed Creole. And food what do and they say? Like the, 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 I, I, I write that down every year. It's yeah, that, let the good times. Oh roll. yeah, that part. Yeah, yes. someone will get yes. us on Facebook for that yeah. one too. <laughs> um, but um, so every year we have that event. So our appetizers are often themed that way. Yeah, I can't tell you how many times I've been offered a muffalata sandwich that is maybe slightly bigger than my fist. I, and I'm just chomping down on it. Now, I love them. They're delicious. Right. But, oh, my goodness, like, it makes a mess and it makes me full. Right. So we had baby ones a couple of years ago, and they were like bite-sized and delicious. But people said they weren't muffaladas, well, which is fair. That's fair. But, yeah, so you've got to really think about your, your appetizers beforehand and what you're going to do. And things like sauces mm-hmm. and things like powdered sugar and things that – will spread or mm-hmm. easily based on movement and such. You need to think about those and your guests with regards yeah. to that. They may look really pretty, but if you're passing them, they can have a very different effect than having in a station. Mm-hmm. Speaking of which, you mentioned having them in a place somewhere. Yes. I get lots of requests from clients of asking of how do we keep people moving around during that time? Mm-hmm. If you put the food and drink in one location, that is where people will congregate. And if you don't believe me, go back to our show on networking and Marjorie will tell you all about her love for cheese at networking mm-hmm. events. So I love cheese. Yeah, spread, spread these talk about cheese. <laughs> this is not a cheese episode. Uh, but we spread out your appetizers in smaller tables mm-hmm. throughout the area, and it forces people to go from one spot to another. And don't do the same appetizer on each table. Some mm-hmm. people think, oh, well, let's put a little bit everywhere. Now you're just congregating people in groups and clicks. Well, in the, the that's the good appetizers. And right. Mm-hmm. Right. So you got to balance yeah. that. So one to two appetizers per station is what usually I recommend. Um, one that is uh, a lighter fiscally responsible option, mm-hmm. and then one that is a little heavier on the checkbook at mm-hmm. each one will allow you to not have everyone ignore the cheese because the yeah. shrimp is there. Yes. And so they'll they'll pick back and forth. Like yeah. That. Now I will say if you do like the you've got kind of a coffee get a plate for all your appetizers and you've got your glass of wine and you've got your plate and I don't have many guests that have three hands. Really? No. So put out some cocktail tables. Yes. Like, or or or, or volunteers to feed them. Whichever. Yeah. <laughs> I, it's easier to get cocktail tables. So just do that. It I makes agree. it a lot easier. I agree. Um, because I there's nothing I hate more than like awkwardly trying to like Hold my wine and my plate in the same hand. I'm demonstrating for all of you that it can are not. And here. you're doing a great job, so, but don't spill that. Yeah, and I'm always afraid I'm going to spill my wine and make a fool out of myself, which yeah. I do. So you know. So let me ask you about dinner salads because mm-hmm. I'm very, very picky on my dinner salad. Ugh, I'm just not a big dinner salad fan, but like apparently we have to have them. I so. know. Sure, okay. it is. It is the way we <laughs> kick off the dinner, right? So are you a preset or serve salad? preference this is one of those areas in which i don't care really marjorie you must care and let me tell you why i'm gonna start caring you must care and so must our audience members so this is this is what you need to understand 
First off, if you are going to preset a salad, you need to discuss with your venue how soon they're going to preset it because the temperature control and getting your patrons sick is important, especially depending on what's on there. If you've got fruit or um, sensitive vegetables on that salad, it's not just a pile of lettuce with like, some carrots on it, you need to know if that mandarin orange can set out at room temperature and for how long before it becomes a problem. Mm. And so that's a great conversation to have with your caterer. So that's a good reason, number one. Yeah. Second good reason that you need to care is, do you want your salads pre-dressed or do you want them to dress their own salads? Uh, now, <clears throat> now, I'm not talking about getting ready and putting your outfit on. I'm talking mm-hmm. about salad dressing, of course. But if you are pre-dressing a salad, think about if you made a salad at home at all and you've had too much and you put it in the refrigerator and then you go to be- get it back. Okay, the it's face fair. that Marjorie's making is enough to, for me to make my point. It's like bad lettuce. It's then. terrible. Worse and than regular lettuce. What you're doing is you're soaking it all in this dressing, regardless of how heavy it is or how light the chef assures you it is. Uh, and <laughs> you're basically giving them then a wimpy salad. Mm-hmm. The crispness is gone, the freshness is gone, and the chill is gone if it mm-hmm. needs to be a chilled salad. So if you're putting out the lettuce and it can be at room temp and you've agreed on what time they're presetting it and you're having them dress their own, then that salad dressing needs to come out later too. Make mm. sure they're not dropping that salad dressing out. Oh, yeah. Cause you, right. And you don't think about it, but how long has that wrench dressing been sitting there? And mm-hmm. now you've got people lined up for the bathroom and not because they're having a great time mm-hmm. and had a lot of cocktails. It's they're sick because you've made them sick. Yeah. And yeah. honestly, I don't like it when people dress their own salads because they, for some reason, and this happens especially at the 10 tops, there's usually one ranch and one Italian and they're on top, opposite ends of the table. And it's just really always awkward. And I've been at events where somebody's taken like way more than their fair share of the ranch. There's always a ranch hog somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, wait, you were Shout one out person, to my daughter. She's the ranch gone. hog. Yep. <laughs> so I had to have so I get dressing. The, I get the table with the bat, with the leg and you mm-hmm. always, I get the ranch hog, ranch hog. Got so, it. and I'll eat Italian dressing, Yeehaw. Eat it, but you know, um, I'm a Midwesterner. I like the ranch. Right. So, right. um, so yeah, now the, onto the important part. Part we all care about. What's that? The, the the main course. Yes. So you can go a couple different ways. Yes. You can go seated dinner where the, the plates are put in front of you, or you can do buffet. Yes. Do you have a preference? I have a preference based on the style of the dress code. If oh, you're yes. If you're asking people to put on a tux, you serve mm-hmm. them. That seems appropriate. If it's black tie or black tie optional, if those words are anywhere in your invitation, serve them. Because that means, more importantly, that the ladies are in footwear that does not mm-hmm. need to be sitting at a buffet line. No, that They're, is very true. They have on what I like to call valet shoes, meaning that they expect <laughs> to be dropped off by someone and picked up because they're not walking across the parking lot at them. It's true. And I will, will say that um, seated dinners are almost always far more friendly to people with disabilities in general. Good point. Uh, you know, we had that show back way back when about yes. uh, making your events accessible. And they're also a lot more accessible to people that have dietary restrictions, such, yes. such as your vegans, your gluten-frees, your people. People have had transplants, all of those people, and all you know, allergy people out there, right. all of them. You have a better chance of being able to say, oh, okay, hey, I can swap out this meal right. or things like that. So I prefer um, seated. This is actually our first year that we're doing a seated. Very so, exciting. Yes, I'm pumped. But also price. Yeah. Well, you so. know, you're, you're paying <laughs> a little more typically for seated, but the portion control is so much better. Yes. So you are paying for a little bit more, but the worst, you want to talk about bad, run out of ranch is one thing. Run out of the main course because someone took two chickens or they took two. Right. Mm -hmm. And of course, most of those places do round up to anticipate a little extra being taken. Mm -hmm. But 
Have you ever went through and been towards the end and all of a sudden there's no salad left and then there's no um, rice peel off left and you're like, well, I guess I'm having a piece of chicken with some vegetables. And... I've had that complaint at my event before. <clears throat> yeah. Where good paying guests have come up and said so, usually the day no after. No crab cakes. Yeah. I didn't get any food. Um, there was rice left. What do you mean there was rice left? That's not acceptable. Right. And of course, as soon as they went through, they, they came through where they replenished and it was nice and full for nobody going through. Right, right. So yeah, those are things to watch. So, so I have to be able yeah. to manage your buffet if you're going to mm-hmm. do a buffet. Buffets yeah. are great. You just have to know your audience, know that they have the right, it's the right occasion for it, that you have the right layout for it as well, yes. because you need to make sure you have the space for it. It's accessible for people mm-hmm. to be able to go in and out, even those who do not have uh, mobility uh, problems. Mm-hmm. You want to make sure that it's accessible for people to move around. If you're oh, trying yeah. to put 400 people in a room that the fire code is for 410, yeah. and then you want to put a buffet somewhere, just no, you, you're happy. Yeah, it's not comfortable. You've got someone's booty who's rubbing up against your shoulder as they're trying to get through, and yeah, uh, and, I, and then I just had to say booty on the air. So there yeah. you go. Well, you know, we don't, we're not FCC regulated, so it's okay. Perfect, perfect. So the other thing I think you really have to think about is colors, colors and textures and things like this that. This is a big deal for you. Yeah, I. You talked about this multiple times. A brown plate, uh, just a plate of brown food on brown food on brown food, which so is meatloaf with gravy and. Oh God! Please roasted don't. potatoes. If with you're serving meatloaf carrots, at your fundraiser the- that you're charging more than twenty dollars <laughs> for, stop that too. Um, <laughs> so, but yeah, I mean, you really got to watch that. Like, if you have have you know, like a, a meat, really any meat, mm-hmm. you're gonna it's gonna be a brown color or a beige color. And then you know, if you're serving a rice, make sure you're you're dashing things up with color. Like mm-hmm. you're getting some. This is where you're vegetables are good for this mm-hmm. so and there's so many different kinds of vegetables now you know i'm having purple cauliflower at my event what yes i know it's crazy so, i'm so excited yeah it's gonna be tasty but you know that that's the thing is you've got to constantly be looking at those things and thinking about that because you want your your menu to be visually impaling too because people are just kind of looking at it going eh yeah what looks good right and people eat with their eyes they really do and which and if you don't believe me ask anybody in the fast food or major food industry who pays a lot of money to have mm-hmm. beautiful photos taken of their food and put on menus and appetizer mm-hmm. plates and yes and then you get get the thing that you get yes yeah, that's right and that's <laughs> so. what you pick from there's mm-hmm. and there's strategy behind that a lot of restaurants will pick the items that are cheaper to make and make the photos mm-hmm. of those put those on their menus because You'll eat with your eyes. You'll see that. You'll say, that's what I want. That's what you'll pick. And it's one of the most least expensive items for them to make. Tricks of the inside trading (laughs) industry, right? So um, let let us talk about my favorite part, uh, Beyond the Wine. Yes, because it goes well with wine. Mm -hmm. That dessert. Oh, I love the dessert. Mm, I'm just thinking about it right now with this wine that would be so delicious. About mm-hmm. 16 options, but so um, chocolate, 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 chocolate. Unless there, you've got a lot of you've people, got that people that don't, don't like, like chocolate. chocolate, and then you have other people that would, you know, like to explain to you why chocolate should be a major food group. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so me. a great uh, alternative to this. If you talk to your planning, is alternating dessert options. Mm-hmm. So I think was it yours that did mini. Desserts at the table. In the middle of the table, <gasps> which was a really great First idea. First time I ever saw it and loved it, by the way. I loved it until one of our guests ate um, half of the desserts for himself at his table and the rest of his table didn't get any. But the rest of the oh. tables were very happy. Well, there you go. So that was one of those things. You just kind of make it clear that there's there's two per guest or something like that. Right. You know. If you, and if you feel like you need to do that, feel free to put a yeah. little table tent next to it although or i think we pre pre-placed those even like so they went out when the salads went out and they were sitting there yes. the whole dinner so i mean i shouldn't expect anybody to have a cake ball sitting in front of them not eat it no right well especially that, me. that was on me <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the other options are alternating 
alternating desserts, which I love, uh, when you can make some options. So you have like yeah. a, a, two different kinds of pie, for example, mm-hmm. uh, maybe a chocolate pie or a pumpkin pie or a pe- berry pie. You know. I just don't like it when they're they're placing the desserts in front of you and you don't get a choice. No. It's like the person next to you I don't got like chocolate that either. and then I got a lemon cake. If you're I'm going like, to alternate huh? it, it needs to be already preset at the table. Yeah. And, and going back to my salad rant and rave, mm-hmm. if you're going to preset the table, uh, I highly suggest you either talk to them about uh, any concerns they have with the consistency of the quality of the food after it's been sitting there that whole time mm-hmm. because chocolate cakes looks delicious until it's not and it's all crusted on the side, yeah, right? Or dried yeah. out or that lemon cake that's dried out on the side. Oh, so ask how it holds. And if you have questions or you're, you're concerned about it, ask for a sample mm-hmm. and then do the test yourself. Say it's going to be out here for about two hours. So we need to know what's it going to taste like when it's been sitting out for two mm-hmm. hours and ask yourself that question. But I agree. I like the I like the desserts that are served. I think it's a nice option to be able to have. Yeah. And I like to do something special. I always like a wow effect. Uh, we like to ask for money shortly after the desserts are served. You want them happy? I want them happy and saying, this is the best dessert ever. And oh, mm-hmm. by the way, I'm happy. So therefore, my pocketbook is much more open than I thought it was going to be, right? I have figured out the uh, the best way to do this. Yes. We are doing three mini desserts on one plate. Oh. Yes. I'm very excited. We still have tickets available for that yeah, event. Yeah, by the way, I mean, I'm really selling it. But <laughs> <laughs> So one thing that we didn't talk about yes. when we were talking about the main dish was protein. Yes. And I feel like there is a dollar amount at which cheaper proteins are okay. And then there is a dollar amount at which you are not allowed to serve chicken or like meh, like thin icky fish. Agreed. And then then after that. Icky fish. Wait, wait. You don't like fish? No, I like fish. Oh, um, oh I mean, fish. like like tilapia sorts oh, of fish. Okay, like, which is fine. I I like tilapia. Like unless you're going to do a tilapia, like a uh, um, a surf and turf. Yeah, then, that's fine with then, my meat. It's then you cool. get a double meat, like yeah. double protein. Then that's cool. But I feel like there's a, there's a price point, and I think it varies by region. That you you got to serve beef after that point. Mm-hmm. So just do that. No, no, and your not meatloaf. Point. We're not talking no. about meatloaf. We're not talking about no. chopsteak with gravy. Yeah, uh, we're talking about uh, a sirloin, a, a a strip, a something. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And pork. Mm. Be careful with pork because really easy to mess up pork uh, it is and it's easy to try out pork too mm-hmm. um and you never want this i had a feedback once from a, a physician that attended an event that i was hosting and i said how did you like the dinner i went around and asked and he said well i kind of feel like it was chicken strips from mcdonald's and they had some fancy sauce on it Ooh. and i realized that the chicken we had picked which was um a chicken piccata mm-hmm. uh, kind of play on chicken piccata was a great concept when we knew we could do the piccata with the capers and the lemon sauce. It was yeah. all good. Um, <clears throat> but the chicken that we picked was more like chicken, sm- three small chicken strip pieces as opposed oh. to a chicken breast. Mm. So it looked more, it, although it was not processed chicken, mm-hmm. the way that we plated it looked more like it could have been. And uh, it was that was the, his opinion on it. Oh, <clears throat> I, I, that's fair. No, I personally don't eat chicken unless I absolutely have to. So um, I'm a weirdo. Good to know. Like to, yeah, you do so. liquid chicken? Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah. Then those yeah. are okay, but just not chicken chicken. Yeah. Just not gotcha. chicken. I'm, I'm a weirdo. So, and I'll admit it. So yeah. So watch love you just the way you are. Make your, make your dinner beautiful. Yes. Make your plate beautiful. Set your table and for mm-hmm. the event, right? Yes. And uh, most importantly, don't forget the wine. Oh my goodness. Yes. Open bars, please. Everybody. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> Enjoy your wine. Thank you. And cheers. Cheers. And thank you to all of you for joining us on 501 Crossroads. 501 Crossroads is recorded at the studios of Mind's Eye Radio and is produced and hosted by me, Marjorie Moore. And me, Natalie Jablonski. Mike Curtis is our sound engineer. Please go to iTunes or Stitcher or your favorite app and subscribe and leave us some feedback so others can find us. You can find us on Facebook at 501 Crossroads. Thank you for listening. And remember, we're all working towards the same outcomes.